This week on the JT and Big O podcast, we speak about WrestleMania 36. Night one is in the books. Now, was it any good? Additionally, while we've been stuck at home, me and Ryan have been watching some different sci-fi stuff. Maybe some stuff that you too would like to see. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the JT and Big O podcast. I am one of your hosts, JT McGuire, also known as Video Geek JT, and join with me as always is ryan big o'regan i i see you went a little shorter today i'm, I'm not being you know begrudging <laughs> about it but you know obviously uh you, well, you, well, you, you gotta record it at some point i know you have the board i know you could just press a button and you could probably just get like you know do some big fanfare i, I want you to do it with the button where, I feel like be a cheat though to do it the button. I'm like I have to do it, but right no, now, like no, you no, said, no, no. we're all. Hear me out. Hear me out. I want full audio fanfare. I want like once. I want that O going off. I want like a little background music added to it. We can have some coined, uh, uh, canned uh, applause and everything to it. <laughs> I want that O to have as much uh, funding as WrestleMania did. All right. I I want that kind of level for like three seconds and i want a toilet made out of solid gold but we always don't get what we want oh <laughs> uh, i mean i mean you could spray paint it gold i mean that's something <laughs> well I'm just saying you know little options home depot's still open so you can oh, go that point why don't we why don't we get someone to do it for us which i i wouldn't be opposed to if uh, if we have a uh, a good uh uh narrator out there who wants to do a taped intro for us just, yeah, just well, throwing it out I mean, there. What's Michael Buffer doing right now? Obviously nothing. Probably we can probably just go ahead, shoot him a tweet, see if he just wants to do a little cameo record. And, you know, what? We we pay 25 bucks for something that's going to last us entirety. <laughs> you, you think uh, my, Michael Buffer will do it for 25 bucks? I'd say a lot of people could do things for 25 bucks right now. So, I mean, if not Michael Buffer, maybe his brother, the one that does UFC. I don't know. I didn't even know he had a brother. I... I well, I know Michael Buffer was always like the most expensive one out there, and like that's the only reason WCW had him. Like, we can well, no, that's the that. thing. Michael Buffer does boxing, but his brother does the UFC matches. So, I mean, mm-hmm. whereas, like, you know, obviously Michael Buffer has this thing, and it's like, let's get ready to rumble, which is copyrighted too. It's I, I heard no one else can use that, or he'll sue you for it. That's what I heard. He ain't gonna watch this. He isn't gonna know. But <laughs> as I, far I guess, as uh, as I guess they're fact-checking myself because I, know, I think I, know, I keep I know. saying but as things far as his that are brother, not his true. brother, his, the only thing he really has is like, it's time. That's it. That's like his thing. <laughs> so, so is, I mean, I'd rather bro- go with Michael. Obviously, you get a little bit more of a showmanship with Michael. Well, I thought Michael did that too. Like he used to say that, it's time for the main event. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's like a whole phrase. The, the other brother just goes, it's time, you know. He, he might as well be Vader saying that, you know. I'm like, it's, it's, a, it's a nothing thing. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't know why it's, I don't know. It's anyway. Just, it's, it's the voice, man. It's just the voice, the way, the the the, uh, the pitch and the tone, you know. It's, you you want to know. I do the voice. No. <laughs> what I do you know of audio? No. <laughs> I know nothing of audio. <laughs> Nothing whatsoever. Uh, except when things crackle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's it, doing this uh, this way. It, it's in some ways it's kind of fun because we just kind of sit down at our uh, our tables and chairs in our homes and we just record this and then I can edit it and put it up. But table, yeah, that, what table? I'm using two tripods and a mouse stand. So. <laughs> yes, yes, you are, ladies and gentlemen. I was watching him set this up as he was doing it. And I'm like, ooh, that's that's kind of dangerous. At the well, same time, I was also the one who asked him to do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like it's dangerous, but keep going. <laughs> no, 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 keep going. You're not, you're not injured yet. It's like you know that bridge looks a little rickety. Why don't you cross it first? <laughs> you know that is like my entire career. Like we shouldn't be doing this way. Anyway, <laughs> on we go. But yes, um, I mean there there is some advantages to obviously this kind of setup, uh, regardless of whether or not I have the furniture for it. Um. And of course, again, thank you to the people at Zoom for being able to be the institution in which everyone is talking nowadays. Uh, yes, thank even you so if much. you have a lot of problems with your privacy laws, thank you very much. More so with iPhones. I will note the report was pretty much more with iPhones. So I don't have an iPhone, so I don't care. I think there were a few other issues, but at this point, I, I forget what they were. I, I think in my... My personal opinion is I share so much online anyway. It's like, what, what, what secrets do I really have anymore? True. Like I'm what we're talking about right now. I'm literally going to cut and put everything online later. It's like, there are no, yeah, it's not like we're live. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, whatever we say is just going to be cut out. Even this part is probably going to be cut out unless you want to go ahead and leave it in and make it funny for people. But I'm probably going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you will. (sighs) Because that's the amount of, uh, you know, production value that we have. And, you know, just cut out, cut, paste. At least Unless I can say we're probably on par with uh, WrestleMania at this point. Yes, I yes. hate to say it. But I, I you, know com- you coming know from you're... a film background, me coming from a film background, last night was just, ooh. <laughs> I know I know you were using that to segue into our topic, but I do want to talk about one other thing last night. Uh, uh, Conan O'Brien is still, ta- actually all the talk show people are still talking about are uh, taping right now. And I'm watching Conan O'Brien interview Adam Sandler from their houses. And you're talking about how these setups don't look good. It's like, oh my God, that looked awful. Like Adam Sandler's is just a web camera all the way at, like the top of his room and he's just he's got this ugly background to his office and yeah yeah it is like, then again he's also got a uh porn star mustache right now so i i don't think he cares about his appearance whatsoever at the moment no nah, he, he's riding off that netflix money he don't give a damn <laughs> <laughs> he's got the netflix money maybe uh clean up your office a little bit anyway uh <laughs> Oof. shots at the sandman oh yeah i don't think my career is going to go in that direction it's going to hurt me maybe you maybe you shouldn't be associated with me anyway so now that i ruined that now that i I ruined that segue for wrestlemania let's talk about wrestlemania night one yeah let's talk about another train wreck um (laughs) no i mean okay so obviously we know the situation lots of stuff was pre-recorded uh Many of the matches were pretty much going to be cut and paste at this point because they want to just go ahead, get the show done, put something out, period, regardless of storyline, regardless of quality. Um, I think that really showed with the whole night because it started off blah, mm-hmm. but then excelled to such lunacy 
that you can't say it wasn't entertaining. And I think that's really the ground of it all. It's like, it's still entertainment. They still put on a show for whatever fans were watching and they're going to feel accomplished in that regard, regardless of the cheese factor or how much they're going to be able to build off of it in months to come. If there are months to come for them. Well, let's talk about aesthetics really fast. Um, it's just uh, very obvious that this is the same aesthetic they've been using for a few weeks on Raw and SmackDown as well. But it, it's still just so weird, especially when you, you have to stop and think about it. It's like, this is WrestleMania. This, yeah. is, this is WrestleMania. And it's just, it doesn't feel like it at all. Because when you think of WrestleMania, you think of this giant event with all these people and just... Just the fact that it's just like this in this tiny building with very few people there. And the most of uh, they have in terms of a set is just this WrestleMania logo in the back, like behind the anchors. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's weird. Again, I mean, uh, like you said, it's pretty much the same setup they've had for the past couple of weeks. SmackDown and Raw were pretty much the testing grounds for what they were going to do. Um, I mean, the performance center, you can only do so much with, um, with everything, how it's allocated. Um, and yeah, you know, it's supposed to be the showcase of the immortals, but it had less activity than an old folks home. So it's going to be one of those things where you're just going to have to take it for what it's worth. You know, it's either you get this or you get nothing. And yes, there are some people that probably would have preferred nothing. Uh, but I do have to say, for what you got in the second half of the show, it's almost serendipitous how it actually worked out at the end. Because I feel like if you did have fans there and you did have like some traditional formatting for some of these things, it probably wouldn't have even worked as well as it did. Like, take, for example, the, uh, the ladder match. Mm -hmm. All right, that was supposed to be a tag team championship match six gentlemen all flying around and everything mm -hmm. i almost feel like it did better being just the three guys because then you had a lot more time for these particular individuals to shine there wasn't as much clutter there wasn't as much confusion especially wherever the usos are concerned anytime the usos are in a match i can still never tell which one is which here at least i know there was just one uso so there was one member for the team and that fit and I, th I think it was Brian Zane who said recently on uh, his review of WrestleMania, like, hey, I finally can tell which Uso is in the ring. Yes, I can, I can see exactly how it's supposed to pan out. Um, and yes, while it's supposed to be a tag team championship match, you still had probably the three best competitors for a ladder match in this regard. You had Kofi, you had one of the Usos, and you had that goddamn sex god, John Morrison. You know? <laughs> Like it, it, it was so nice to see him back in this format because if, I feel like whenever they brought him back, I wasn't sure how they were going to bring him back and utilize him. This is how you utilize him in a match like this. Yeah, and and he's getting a little bit older now, and so is uh, Coffee Kingston. Actually, you were just uh, he's just Coffee now, right? Kofi, not Coffee. Coffee, 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 Coffee. Racist. <laughs> is that racist? <laughs> I'm calling him coffee. <laughs> I, I'm just bad at pronouncing his name. I think this was an argument we had at last year's WrestleMania. 
Yeah, but we were sitting at the bar, and I wasn't sure if it was like you know the liquor hitting you or if it was actually just your pronunciation. But just years of pronouncing that name wrong. Just no, it's Kofi. Co, 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 Kofi. 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 Like Coco, beware, Kofi. (laughs) All right, I'll I'll remember that now till the next time. Um, (laughs) But I mean, like he's a great high flyer, and uh, and John Morrison's a great high flyer, and either one of the Usos are great high flyers. So just yeah, you get rid of the Miz in there. You don't have uh, uh, Austin Creed. I know his. I call him more Austin Creed now than I do by uh, his other wrestling name. Uh, Biggie. You know who I'm talking about, right? No, I'm, I'm, I know you. Well, Xavier, Xavier Woods, was, he Xavier was out Woods. to begin with. So the yeah. tag team itself was going to be Big E and Kofi. And yes. And Big E, who is also not, he has that one move and I never like him using it, that spear outside of the ring. So yeah. Yeah, you, we, we got the right three people for this, but it, it should have just been a regular match. It shouldn't have been for the tag team titles. Uh. I'm not going to get into the logic of professional wrestling because WWE has been throwing that, uh, been spitting in the face of that for years. Logic. But, but uh, yeah, and we're, we haven't even gotten to the main event yet, but we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, you, let's, you want to take this in order? We'll start with the uh, Koboki Warriors. Well, I mean, we don't necessarily have to touch on every match, but I will say this. Um, the first half, um, not even counting the pre-show match, uh, but the first half with like the women's tag team championships, the intercontinental championship, uh, King Corbin versus Elias, which of course a lot of people said probably wasn't going to happen because Corbin essentially tried to kill Elias a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then he was fine. He just had a bit of a shoulder <laughs> injury. Exactly. Yeah. Um, honestly, it was just kind of par for the course. You know, I mean, there really wasn't too much about the matches that I could say you couldn't have found on any of the standard television programming. Right. You know, uh, and, you know, we're talking about like the first half. And I think, were you saying you thought it was kind of dull at the beginning? Because that's how I kind of felt. Like, yeah. uh, no, nothing against any, any of the women wrestlers inside that uh, tag team match. <laughs> but, you know, they, without an audience there, it just, I don't know. It just felt very awkward. Um, I think they should have started with a different match, probably the Kevin Owens versus uh, uh, Seth Rollins match, I think should have started it because that, that I felt actually stood up even without, without uh, a crowd there, but not, not that the one they started with. I felt that was a bad start. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, it could have used a little staggering. Because you can clearly see, like, the, the, the meat and the potatoes happened at the end of the meal. And mm-hmm. the appetizer was kind of just, like, you know, chips and dip. You know, if you had, like, switched it up a little. You could have even started with um, Goldberg and Braun Strowman. You know, yeah, just and that, that, that was a very one. quick match. That would have been a nice thing to, like, get you into the show. And then yeah, you jumped to the next one. start off with the title change still. But at least it would have been, like wow, all right, just, like, blow my mind with, you know, the quickness of it. I also, uh, since we're jumping around here, I'm, I'm a little shocked that the uh, the women's title match between uh, Becky and, uh, oh, man, I am, I have not been watching too much programming. Shayna Baszler. Gang, Shayna Baszler. Uh, that was, it's just funny for Becky, who was main eventing last year, and now she's just kind of in the middle of night one. It was, it's just a weird spot for her. I know, I know. And unfortunately, you can only put that to booking. 
You, you know, they, the way they were building up the match originally was one thing, but then obviously when everything hit, it just kind of like derailed a lot of things. So it, it really just depends on how you were really going to be able to push the match. Plus, I mean, there's also the rumor that Vince is kind of cold on Shayna Baszler. Like, really? Well, because we've seen it with other superstars. I mean, we've seen it with people that have come up. We, you know, Alistair Black has been relegated to, you know, squash matches. Ricochet barely gets a sniff anymore. Cedric Alexander, forget about him. And, and the fact that Shayna Baszler isn't exactly like, um, you know, uh, Divas material, let's say. I could imagine that Vince is probably going to go ahead and look at her with a little bit of like, eh, I don't know. You know, it's unfair. It really is. But un- until the man retires, that's what you're going to get. That's yeah. why I feel like you got some of the wins that you did. You know, Becky keeping the belt, Braun Strowman uh, getting the belt off Goldberg, even the um, uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross winning the belts off the Kabuki Warriors. Well, you know, I'll be fair. It, I think, it, I think Braun it, Strowman was kind of weird because with Braun Strowman, uh, from what I heard, they didn't really want to give him the title belt for a while because uh, they, they felt he wasn't uh, taking his role seriously enough. Right, but you have to look at it from the perspective of like, this is going to be possibly a downturn for quite some time. If that's going to be the case and you're going to rely on past footage of, you know, shows and reruns and stuff like that to propel you and be able to have people on hand for any recording of matches, who are you going to be able to utilize more? The Hall of Fame retiree who can get gassed out after three minutes or the larger, more company-oriented superstar who is there at your beck and call? Well, that's another thing where all these other, uh, these leagues, sports leagues are all canceling their seasons. Like, should WWE, maybe even AEW be taking a break for a little bit? Well, AEW has noted that they've recorded enough matches to put them out for like probably into May. I don't know about WWE because WWE only started doing the recording of the matches recently. And what? even then, they're still going to have to build off of whatever happens with WrestleMania, which, of course, has been close-knit. So I don't know if they really have enough set. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I'm agreeing with a lot of other people. It's Again, WrestleMania wasn't bad last night, but it just it was so underwhelming, in my opinion, with the exception of one match. Uh, yeah, so let's really, touch on the one match. It uh, really should have been uh, done. Some expertise. So, yeah, so they... I guess they they did the one thing that would be interesting in this uh in this environment and they went into the what I call the lucha underground style some other people refer to it as the uh ultimate deletion style or whatever final deletion whatever the first one was that Matt Hardy did uh well, I mean final it, deletion is the WWE version of broken Matt Hardy's you know compound matches so that, I thought it was the, the ultimate thing. deletion was that one so uh that one was the final deletion I'm, I'm getting, that was I know the final they did, deletion. I know they did it three times. I'm getting confused on what is what. Uh, I don't know though. Like it's, I still call it the Lucha Underground style because they're the ones I think that really started uh, treating it more like a TV show than a wrestling promotion. Well, they had the editing where dialogue and stuff kind of played into it more, you know. And obviously, you actually got a good amount of talking from uh, AJ Styles and. American badass yeah. Undertaker, Mark Calloway. 
who didn't even bother doing the Undertaker voice during the match. He was just straight up Texan talking to him. Well, no, that's. I think that's how he spoke when he was doing the American Badass between nope, uh, nope, 2000 nope, no, no, no. and I, I will, 2004. I will defend this. Even when he was doing American Badass, he still had like that Undertaker low gravel sort of voice to it. He may have talked more, but he was still in the same character of voice. Not always. Sometimes he did talk in uh, the same voice that he was talking in last night. I think from what we could see of the Stone Cold podcast, his his voice is even uh, lighter than what he was portraying last night. Oh, yeah. No, it's completely like Abraham Lincoln sort of stuff. Everyone thinks like Abraham Lincoln had a low voice. No, he had a high voice despite his stature. And that's the same thing with Mark Calloway. Like, he's, he's, his voice is probably more authentically Texan than Stone Cold Steve Austin's is. <laughs> you know, and that's bewildering. But uh, I, I did enjoy it for what it was because we knew it wasn't going to be like the minute I, I heard it was a boneyard match and this new uh, pre-taped environment that we're currently doing everything in, I knew it was going to be at least entertaining. Maybe not some, some one like Jim Cornette would like, but something <laughs> I enjoyed. No, I, I can say that like it, it definitely had like a, an Amazon Prime sort of horror movie feel to it. Like. I could see like a series of these just being like an anthology series of like, because really when you think about it, wrestling in general lends itself more to like the action adventure slash horror genre than practically anything else. Whether it's because of the stunts and the movements that people do, whether it's because of the overacting that people do, whether it's because of the, gratuitous uh, satisfaction of the id that offers that you get from these sort of offerings. It's really one of those things where whether it's gimmick wise or not, just grown men fighting it out in weird outfits. It fits. It really, really fits. I mean, not to say anything against like, you know, um, Mark Calloway, because obviously he has some acting experience. The man was, in television episodes of like uh, Poltergeist the Legacy. Uh, he was in Suburban Commando with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I, you know? I didn't think you were going to bring up that one. You're really oh, going to bring I up was. that Absol- one. I absolutely is going to bring that up. Yes. Uh, so he has some acting chops to him. AJ Styles, on the other hand, AJ was just being AJ, you know, just being loud and obnoxious. But I mean, that's pretty much been his character ever since the Impact days. So, I mean, that's that works. It's amazing how much far he's gone because I've been watching him. I actually remember him in WCW. That's how far I've been following him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And just how far he's grown his character work because he was never known for being a talker. And now he is just as entertaining as most other people are on the mic. Probably more so just because of his mic skills and the fact that he has that like almost um, high school bully sort of mentality, you know? Yeah, a, a little bit there. And uh, and it really worked for last night. Like, uh, I mean, he got his butt kicked for most of that match. But uh, oh, I don't even know. Could we call the match? Like, did Undertaker actually win? It, it was like a short just, independent film. But Yeah, it was more like a film than a match. Yes, but... It, all it needed. Do you ever watch uh, uh, Death Battle online? Yes. 
it felt like a death battle. Like the only thing when uh, AJ's hand is just sticking out of the dirt at the end of that match, <laughs> it just needed a KO right there. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to deny it. The cheese factor on this, this was great. But it, 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 at least it wasn't a cheese platter. It was more like, you know, a couple of slices on a quarter pounder. You know, it, it's one of those things where it fits the rest of the environment. Look, cinematography-wise, I think the cameraman did a great job. Uh, special effects-wise, aside from the little laser light show you got at the end. I was going to say, like, it, it was also very cheesy, but it all worked, except the damn light show at the end. Like, why? Like, just, You could have just stuck with the fire. You, yeah. There was no reason to have, like, a laser light of the old ministry emblem on top of the shed. Yeah. I mean, they've even done that with fire in the past. If he did, if his emblem came up in fire, I would have been fine with that. But having the full light show, it's like, when did you guys put the lasers in? Oh, they could have gone so daredevil and just like mapped out the insignia around the motorcycle and have that go into flames and just like have that big old T around him. I would have been fine with that off. too. That would have been epic. I but, don't know. There are so many, uh, so many things against wrestling in this match, and that's the one thing I take of that. It's like, damn, light show. However, no, no, that wasn't even the cheesiest part. You know what the cheesiest part was? What? It was the goddamn Jason Voorhees moment when AJ oh. is on the tractor, and he's zooming it up, and he's getting it ready, and then all of a sudden you have that bright light behind, and Taker pops up. That is such a goddamn Friday the 13th moment. I, that was pretty cheesy too, but you know what? It was so funny, and I, it's like a meme was born because so many people are going to turn that into a meme now. I'm, oh, I'm God, fairly confident. I hope so I really hope so. I, I hope that entire match is meme worthy more so than in the entirety of the entire show. That match alone is meme worthy. If they are not using that for promotional purposes leading into tonight, when you're going to have a match probably of similar caliber. Uh, in the Fiend Bray Wyatt and probably regular Bray Wyatt, depending on how they edit it, versus John Cena in a Firefly Funhouse match. I'm like, based upon this, I'm hoping that that match is at least a touch above because you're going to have a much more seasoned actor in John Cena. Say what you will about his acting. And you're going to have a much more dynamic character in The Fiend than you did in Biker Taker. Well, my only worry is that every time that they put Bray Wyatt in one of these matches, it doesn't seem to really work out except except for final deletion but like the uh what was that other one he did with randy orton a few years ago oh the uh the house of horrors the house of horrors match which was not good uh then they tried to copy the ultimate deletion with the uh on the wyatt compound with the new day and that was eh so i'm i'm a little like undertaker worked out really well i'm a little more worried about it working out with uh bray wyatt because he doesn't have a good track record. He doesn't have a good track record, but you also have to look at those two particular matches differently than, say, what we saw last night. What we saw last night is probably the most amount of production value they've actually put into one of those matches. Mm -hmm. uh, the final deletion being on the Hardy compound and having Matt Hardy have probably a little more free reign to uh, set up everything, and the fact that there actually was a physical ring that's an entity in itself. As for the House of Horrors and the uh, the Wyatts versus the New Day, 
first of all, Wyatt's versus New Day was pretty much just out in the field with a couple of cars. You yeah. know, I think that was the mistake. You know, the, the, there was lighting issues. There wasn't as much to work with. So they kind of like went 180 from there. And that's where you got the House of Horrors, which I think the problem there was a lot more of the confined space of it. You know, being able to work within actually a house and have to work with like the certain angles that you get, putting cameras in corners and having the weird lighting and everything like that. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think there's a lot of potential in this upcoming match. Um, in fact, like I'm kind of just, as you're talking, I'm thinking about it. It's like, imagine if these puppets start getting involved in the match. Like, Oh, I hope they will. I hope like rambling rabbit is just like, like he just know. hits a Bray white with a chair. This is for all the times that you were attacking me. Yes. 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 Let, let him be the weasel that tries to help out John Cena. But John Cena and Cage have Ryan Real Rabbit be the one that gets him out, and it's like, you got to take me with you. I can't stand it anymore here. But then on the way out, like, you know, Wyatt grabs Ramblin' Rabbit. It's like, save yourself. <laughs> you know, I know it's not going to happen because of uh, how everything's going on with this virus. But we're we're just, too creative for WWE. Yeah, yeah that's the problem. If you, if you opened up a door and just Pee Wee Herman's there, it's like, I think I went to the wrong house. Oh, God, I would love that. I would love if they, look, the one thing they probably have to do with this match more so than, than uh, the Boneyard match, they have to lean into the humor of it. John yeah. Cena is probably at his best when he is trying to be funny, whether mm-hmm. it was all the way back in the days with his raps or any kind of like shoots he ever did at The Rock or even in cinema. Usually he's better leaning towards the comedy angle than towards the action angle. Yeah, you, most of his praise comes from his uh, his acting, uh, his uh, acting in comedy movies, such as what, what was that well, one that he really got stood out from a few years ago. I'm trying to train wreck, train wreck. Yeah, yeah, and that was just a kind of like a side role. That wasn't even like one of the main characters. But whether it's that or blockers, um, he does lean more better than comedy. He's like an, uh, the other side of the Rock. The Rock works best in action. Mm-hmm. John Cena works best in comedy. So if they lean into the humor in this thing, it could really be possibly a better showing of what WWE can do cinematically than even the Boneyard match was. But that's in comparison to all the other matches that are going to come before it. Cause I'm imagining that match is probably going to be the main event, not Brock versus Drew McIntyre, unfortunately. Which I I think that would be the wise decision. We'll see what Vince says because Vince uh, Vince always knows Vince best. But uh, and it, we we do have another interesting match on there with uh, Randy Orton versus Edge. But I don't know. Either way, well, I mean uh, we were talking about that uh, in previous episodes about Edge coming back and whether or not he should. Mm-hmm. I think in this environment where they could pre-tape things and keep them safe, it might it might work out a little bit better. But uh, we're actually, we'll talk about that more. We'll talk about night two a little more next week uh, because yes. technically we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we'll talk about night two and we'll give like a full aftermath report because who knows what's going to go on with WWE. Who knows what's going to go on with wrestling in general uh, now that the, the big showcase is over and done with. Yep. And, it's, uh, and this, this whole entire uh, coronavirus thing is definitely going to be going on for a few more weeks. Uh, I'm saying weeks, a few more months. It's, uh, it's going to be a crazy period of time, especially for all these, uh, all these entertainment companies that just make a weekly product. Unless you're like us, where you can just do it by Zoom. Yes, <laughs> that'll, be the, you know, that'll be the next evolution, wrestling match by Zoom. 
So take this pile driver. Boom. You know, just like you know, start making sound effects. Just oh, that's what they were doing last night in the the Undertaker match. Was this oh, scene yeah, all in, the oh god! So adding the the pun. Here's the thing: when you when you do enough action films, uh, and I, I do really shitty action films, but action films nonetheless. You we add, I me and my friends we add the audio in there for the punches, and it's usually those really cheap punches like in the eighties. The full yeah yeah, and that they were adding it into the. Uh, they were adding into the Undertaker match, and I'm just like, really? <laughs> it's just so cheesy. Well, at least they didn't go like cartoonish with it, you know? It's... No, they didn't. But well, the whole match was cartoonish. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. oh, when the when the six druids came out, I'm like, really? They got themselves druids, and they were well, just cannon fodder. By the way, uh, when uh, AJ Styles hit the Undertaker with a tombstone, was anyone else thinking about uh, the old In Your House video game? Oh, that reminds me. By the way, talking about WrestleMania, uh, have you been to WWShop.com? No. All right, so they are selling uh, WrestleMania 36 t-shirts, but uh, kind of humorous ones to a degree. I almost, I don't think I'm going to buy it, but they do have a... I wasn't there. WrestleMania 36 t-shirt for sale. Oh, yeah. I did see that at least. And they're also selling the chairs that would have been up in the VIP uh, front areas. So you can do that for like 100 bucks if you want a WrestleMania 36 chair that definitely has not been sitting on by anybody. I got to check it. I don't know if I'm imagining wrong, but uh, they also have a uh, uh, WrestleMania in your house one too. That oddly fits perfectly. Yes. In your house, stay there. Yes. Uh, that that should be like a fundraising thing, you know. WrestleMania in your house. Buy this vintage WWE shirt, and like you know, part of the proceeds goes to make sure that the wrestlers don't get sick, you know, or send it yeah. out to the indies since obviously they couldn't get any lucrative money off of the show actually going on live this year. Proceeds will go to making sure there's an XFL season two. Oh, God. Enough of that. Uh, Sorry, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they take the wise road, whatever may happen. Maybe they take a hiatus, just showcase <laughs> a bunch of stuff from uh, the network for those people that aren't signed up to the network. You know, I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm thinking overly positive, but. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Vince McMahon didn't shut down WrestleMania for a global-wide pandemic. He is not shutting down. He will find a way. He'll be like, you're coming over to my house. We're going to have a wrestling match in my living room. And just have his crew tape it. Oh, don't, don't act like that's not how Vince used to party back in the 90s, all right? He probably had like a couple of muscly dudes just like wrestling in his front <laughs> yard, you know. Come over, we're having a barbecue. You know, it's just like, you know, Macho Man went ahead, snapped into a Slim Jim, and then handed him out to everybody. Uh, Don't act yeah. like it didn't happen. No, I can picture Crazy that. It's like, what? what's this? We're booked for something in Connecticut for, like, rich man? I don't know. <laughs> God, There's a joke there, but I'm too again, stupid man. to think of what it is. <laughs> Anyway, let, let's step away from wrestling until next week for a moment. Because um, obviously, aside from whatever was going on last night, there was something that I wanted to touch on. And um, for those of you who may not know, I do have a slight history in the world of stand-up comedy. It's um, 
actually how I probably got started doing any of the acting work or any of the film work that I've done because I needed an outlet at the time and it was either scaring people at Six Flags Great Adventure during Fright Fest or it was doing stand-up. And I did all right. If it wasn't for one particular show that really gave me stage fright, I might still be doing it, but I haven't done it for eight years. But I still keep in contact with those people, uh, stand-ups and the like, whether they're performing at Stress Factory over here in uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey, or working up in the city at Eastville or Broadway Comedy Club, Gotham, any of those places. And at the same time that WrestleMania was going on, there was also a six-hour live stream that was going through multiple platforms, Twitch, YouTube, all that. And it was for an organization called Comedy Gives Back. And basically, it's a fundraising nonprofit organization that was going ahead and making sure that comics who do a lot of stuff on the road, who only make a living when they're in the clubs, still have a, a foot to you know stand on you know so i went ahead and i was very i was viewing that at the same time i was viewing wrestlemania so on wrestlemania is on one screen and on my laptop i have the twitch stream of this thing going on and it was very surreal uh some of it uh, when you had like certain matches going on you had certain comics talking at the same time um i was doing like live posting on twitter for the whole thing and they had a lot of people coming into this and it was a shit show still. <laughs> Here's the problem. They did it through Ven the, you know, all the different platforms and they did it through Zoom. But the moderators, the people that were in charge of the stream and like switching from this person to that person and getting everything organized, they were never like in the same room or never shown on camera or had much contact with the actual performers going on. So you had people going over time. You had the wrong people being put on camera. You, you had audio issues. You had video issues. You had people not being signed in. They tried so hard, but it was all like a bunch of granddads trying to use social media and trying to use <laughs> new technology. I'm like, from the start of it. All right, so I kicked off with Jimmy Fallon. And then it went over to Howie Mandel because they had like a host every hour. Howie Mandel hosted the first hour. Mm -hmm. The minute you shot from Howie Mandel talking to the, the first guest, which was Elijah Schlesinger, it was like Eliza was talking to her dad, trying to get him to use the phone properly. <laughs> it was so bad. And from there, it just kept on. Is there a recording of this anywhere? Because I'm, I'm almost interested to check it out now. Just there to see actually these... is. If you go to the Twitter page for Comedy Gives Back, which is the organization that ran this, um, uh, was essentially the hashtag was LaughAid2020, you can actually go and you can see a recap of the entire six-hour stream. And you can see, like, towards the later part of the evenings, you had, like, certain... Uh, you know, people get on there that knew what they were kind of doing, like Roy Wood Jr. and, uh, you know, Whitney Cummings as host. So they had a better idea about what was going on than, say, uh, Bob Saget and Howie Mandel. <laughs> but the, the, the listings that they had, they had, they pretty much put up a block of, like, who was going to be on per hour. The blocks of some of these things, just, just giving you uh, block six alone. Uh, block six was hosted by Patton Oswalt. 
Okay. And it had Ron Funches, Brian Pochen, Mark Marin, uh, Joel Kim Booster, Maria Bamford, um, Paul Shear, and um, Mazanukis uh, from uh, How Did This Get Made? Uh, other hours, you had uh, Burt Kreischer, uh, Adam Sandler, um, Adam Conover from, um, you know, just oh my hold on i'm gonna go through the whole listings here because, do we have to go i don't think we need to go through the whole listing well i'm just gonna point like names that i noticed um so yeah you had uh hannibal burris uh showing up at one point you had gilbert Gottfried. you had uh, basically you had some people that knew how to do what they were doing you had, you had a lot of famous uh famous and comedians. some people that didn't like uh ray romano ray romano oh my god i felt so bad for him but I would definitely suggest going ahead and checking it out because I know enough people in the comedy industry that are suffering. And so it's nice to see uh, that some of those guys are not suffering. Are their own. Hmm? Some of those guys are not suffering. Some of those guys are pretty well set. No, 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 no. No, no. Here's the thing I don't want you to get the wrong idea. This fund is not going to any of the comics that were showcased on this show. They're going to comics that are just like, you know, the comics that we see every week going to shows in the city or, you know, every weekend, like doing four shows a day just to get noticed and recognized. People that live in that industry and try to live off of that. So don't think that, uh, you know, Dane Cook and, uh, you know, Kyle Kinane are going ahead and getting out of this money. They're not. You know, they're fine. They're doing what they can. They, they've got their contracts. They've got their managers. There's I'm a lot of people the, in this industry. How is it decided who's getting this? Well, that's the thing. The particular people that run the fund, I'm not exactly sure. It's like three women that uh, started Comedy Gives Back. And I guess it's that trifecta of people that goes ahead and makes the determinations about how the fund is split towards other comics out there on the road out there in the cities doing the touring doing the footwork um but yeah don't think that any of the people that actually went ahead and did this stream are getting the money that's not the case they got on the stream to bring enough notoriety to the fund to get it to people who desperately need it okay. it's like um there's actually an organization that does it for bartenders and <laughs> i went ahead and i signed up for that myself being a bartender uh, over at the, one of my side jobs. And that is strictly a fund that's going to go ahead and help people that thrive in that industry. It, this is, we were actually discussing this last week, how this is really affecting anyone within the, the gig economy. It's a uh, commit act. Ah, I'm, I'm screwing up my words here. Comedians are obviously one of them, but, uh, it, yeah, it's the it, think about it. It's just all these people right now who have no income coming in. Mm-hmm. Like me, yeah. basically. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna say it hits close to home, but you know it does. <laughs> Those I mean, bills. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I, I'm like I said, I'm, I apply for these grants and everything, and try to see what I can do. But it's nice, at least, knowing that there are people out there making sure that people in the gig economy are at least taken care of. Because I think now more so than ever, the gig economy is a thing. It's not necessarily just, you know, a couple of part-time jobs that people go ahead and use that to get by when they can't get a full-time one. 
it's the fact that these are artists, these are creators, these are people that are pursuing a passion that there isn't necessarily a lucrative industry for. And you got to also think even if uh, to that argument, if someone does say like, well, these people need to go for a full-time job. Remember right now, everything's at a stop. You can't get a full-time job right now. Unless you decide to go work at a like supermarket or something. And who knows if, uh, if you can really get a job right there at the moment too. I mean, there's, it's uh, everything has really come to a standstill in a lot of ways. But it's like organizations like this that I really think are, doing the best they can and i i really find it uh comforting like i hope maybe more organizations like that really start to show up and come out of the woodwork and really do what they can for the people that maybe the government isn't thinking about or hasn't really planned into whatever you know ten thousand dollar check whatever that they're sending out to people i wish it was ten thousand god i know it's it's only gonna be a thousand i know well that's before taxes yeah. And you got to think it's just, uh, there's, let's say the government wanted to help to, uh, you know, I'm not even going to get into it. I'm not even going to talk. I know. I know. We don't touch on politics, government. but yeah. again, but it's, it, is, it is a tough time and it is like, it's hard to keep up. I'm, I'm thankful also for the people who are suspending bills and such right now that, uh, like if you're a landlord, not collecting the rent from people this month, cause you know, you're not going to get it. Well, I still paid mine, but I, yeah, I know. I'm going to be suffering next month. I know that much, but I, I, I think I you. Now, I th- I would say that you might be able to convince your landlord for uh, extension, without mentioning who your landlord is. Yeah, no, I'm not touching on that. But I also don't want them to feel hurt because they don't have to worry about just me. They have to worry about the people below me too. So if I'm not giving, you know any reason to be like going soft on me then hopefully you know the other people don't either and they'll she'll get more money off them than they will me well hopefully things get better in the future of uh of the world and speaking of the future so oh Ooh, that was good season three of uh future man came out now unfortunately i am not someone who has uh yet experienced future man uh i should i'm gonna try to binge it in the near future now hold but, on, hold on, hold on. We we've been talking about Future Man since it premiered. Uh-huh. We we we've no. talked about it on previous Oh episodes. yeah, that's right. You did. You uh talked to was that like in 2017 that came out, right? That was the first season, yes. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I tried to wa- watch the first season, at least the first episode, and it wasn't clicking with me. I don't know why, but it wasn't clicking with me. But uh since then I've heard more stuff about it and it seems to go into a direction I think I would more enjoy. So I'm going to give it a second chance, but and it, I, I've said this in the past. It's I have to be in the right mood to really watch something, and that's just not been something I've been in the mood for yet. All right, fine, fine, fine. But I will say the way they ended the show, because mm-hmm. this is the third and final season. Um, Should we try to avoid spoilers? Oh, it's absolutely going to be spoiler-free, but I will say this. While I do feel like they could have gone another season, I do enjoy the way they wrapped up the show because, you know, it's still focusing on the same three characters. You still got Josh Futterman uh, played by uh, Josh Hutchinson of the Hunger Games popularity. And then you've got the other two, um, uh, Tiger and Wolf, who are 
just the weirdest characters I have seen on television in quite some you know, time. Who's who in there? Or between uh, Tiger and Wolf? Uh, Tiger is the overly aggressive, uber militant uh, woman, the blonde. Mm-hmm. And Wolf is the jack of all trades, uh, pining for the spotlight uh, dude with the uh, the X on the face. Now, uh, is Wolf? Uh, I, I apologize, I don't know the actor's name, but was he the one who played Overkill on The Tick? Ooh, ooh, I'm not sure. Hold on. I could probably tell you in a second because, well, I mean, you have your computer too, but uh, yes. let's see. I think his name is... Pardon the interruption as we uh, look up information we don't know. Wilson, if I'm remembering right. I just I just remember watching trailers for Future Man and it just clicked me when you were we were talking about, uh, talking about Future Man in today's episode. Like, I think I know that actor. That's the funny thing. When you don't watch a TV show and it's filled with unknowns, and then you come back to it years later and you go, oh, wait, that's so-and-so. It's like, like the people get famous as time goes on. Uh, no, he was not on the tick. Uh, uh, okay. He was just in Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Oh, he was. Yes. Uh, slight you know, detective role. But uh, the other big show that you'd probably know him for is Preacher. Oh, what was he in Preacher? He was uh, Donnie Schenk. Okay. And the thing is, it's not surprising because Preacher was also done by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, much like Future Man was. Those were the main producers of both shows. So it's not hard to imagine there's probably some crossover of actors. Yeah, which makes sense. It's, and I hate to say it, uh, this is just my common theme. I'm I'm behind like by two or three seasons on Preacher. I'm like I I need more time to watch stuff. Like I <laughs> during during this whole break, I've been, I've watched four seasons of Star Trek: The Next Generation. I watched two cartoon series. I've watched all of Picard. It, there's just too much media out there, man. Well, I mean, I just started Preacher myself, which of course there's all four seasons that are on Hulu right now, so you can go ahead and stream it at your will. I started watching the first season earlier in the year. I haven't even finished the first season, but it, I like it so far. I, I like that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are the kinds of guys that can go ahead and really add humor to things that weren't necessarily be that humorous. Like the whole futuristic post-apocalyptic sort of thing that you get with future man and the whole, uh, horror supernatural uh vampires thing that you get with uh preacher well remember preacher is also it's a comic book from the 90s as well though all of season one was never existed in the comics right in fact the, the comic book actually starts in like i believe the very last scene of uh of preacher which not really a spoiler but that's that's kind of where the comic starts Right, but obviously they took some creative license with it. But I do like that they go ahead and they inject more humor into these situations than you normally would think. Uh, it's almost on par with kind of what they've done with um, uh, Lucifer. You know, Lucifer could have easily have been just uh, the straight 
uh, horror sort of like a Dracula sort of feel that you would have gotten on a show. But boy, that show has some humor to it that I just thoroughly enjoy. Not to mention Tom Ellis as uh, Lucifer Morningstar is just so charismatic as far as the devil. And yeah. shows like these where, cause like, where you have this blend of horror and humor, it's hard to do. Well, do you, do you think this is all born out of stuff like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I'm sure it's older than that, but that, that's the oldest I can remember going back was uh, if a TV series that mixed horror and comedy. I would say so, but even then, Buffy and Angel, they weren't as humorous as these shows are. This, this almost is cartoonish in some cases. I feel like it probably comes more out from... Uh, uh, let's see. What what's a horror cartoon that would have been back in our decades? Since those are the people that grew up and started developing these shows. Tales um, of Billy and Mandy. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Well, actually, uh, Seth Ro- Ro- Rogen was is older than that. He was he's been acting since I think the late nineties. Correct. Yeah. He's so I mean, I don't that. know if he grew up on like Count Duckula or anything like <laughs> that, but probably that that was eighties. Yeah. But that was also British humor, so that's like a little bit different. But slight bit, yeah, slight bit. Oh God, Brits. Oh. Yeah, Doctor Who. Doctor Who uh, is also uh, similar in that regards. Maybe not so much in recent mm. seasons, but certainly during like the David Tennant years. Oh my God, that was some funny stuff. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, David Tennant and especially Matt Smith, because I think Matt Smith went more comedy. So, yeah, okay, I can see a lot of that. Matt Smith uh, went more comedy with just, like, some of the episodes, like the episodes with him and James Corden. mm -hmm. (laughs) I I love the little baby called Thundergeddon. Oh, my God. (laughs) He would like to be known as Thundergeddon. But, yeah, sci-fi is also weird with that, too, in regards to, like, you know, what they take seriously and what they find humorous. Um, and since Future, um, Future Man is definitely more on the humorous side, you look at other sci-fi shows, and they've all really been like kind of serious. Like you're looking back at stuff like Star Trek, Star Wars, Farscape, uh, Stargate Atlantis, uh, well, Stargate in general, um, any of the Stargate shows. I guess there's um, Lex, but that's, that Lex was just batshit crazy. Lex was weird. Yes, I'd say more very, so. Very weird. Lex had pacing issues. They, they, there would be like five minutes worth of like no dialogue in some of those episodes. Oh, did you ever try to binge that? I binged that, and just how many times that uh, one actor would who would repeat what he was? I'm the last of the blah blah blah. And oh, every episode uh, he would that say Kai? that. I think that was Kai, the dude with like the big old pompadour yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, no, that show was weird because was really the weird. whole of the show was just like the three actors and whatever the talking head was. Uh, it was just a robot that had fallen in love, I guess, with the, one of the main characters. It, the it woman. Was, yeah, yeah, everyone falls in love with the woman, but except for Kai, because I guess Kai is just so unemotional. Or Well, the, he, he was dead, so that, that was yeah. part of that. Plus, wasn't there a thing where it's like he didn't even have any stuff? I, to I, work don't with? Even, I don't even remember. It's been so long since I watched that show. And as you said, it was an incredibly weird show. Uh, but it, it, 
I don't know. I'm just trying to think of sci-fi horror that had a good deal of comedy. And I remember that was off the walls enough to be comedic. I don't know. You know which one actually had a good blend of sci-fi and humor? Uh, Firefly. I, I don't tell me you didn't see that one yet. I hate to say it. Uh, I saw, I saw, I saw the movie. I saw Serenity. It's been on my watch list, watch list for so long, and it's just like every year that I don't watch it, I feel a little worse about myself. Like I, it, it's definitely like I say, like oh, that's on my watch list. Firefly is definitely on my watch list. I just have not been able to sit down and watch it. It's only one season. I'm not saying it's six episodes, like... but it's it's just I've not been able to do it. Oh. And I'm even doing a comparison uh, to the fact that uh, Picard recently, from what little I have seen of Firefly, uh, the series Picard, have you watched Picard yet? No, I haven't. No. Um, I, I know of it. Okay. I know that if, there's a lot of blending of different uh, Yes, variables. yes, there is. It, puts, it feels to a degree like uh, they just took Picard and stuck him in Firefly to a degree for me. With, really? That, That's how you describe it? Yeah, I mean, it's not like again, as someone who didn't watch Firefly, I can't really I can't really purely combine the two, but it does to the degree like they're all on a on a, a small ship with a small crew, and you have like all these uh, crazy people that are part of the crew. It's it's nothing like uh, any other series of Star Trek. I jumped from the Next Generation straight into this, and I'm like, wow, this is very different. <laughs> But I mean, does Patrick Stewart still feel like Jean-Luc Picard in that sense? Because I think that's really where you're going to have like the question of, okay, you had like seven seasons of a show. You had multiple movies of with this he, character. He is and he isn't. Um, he feels too laid back at times compared to how he was as, uh, as the captain of the Enterprise in The Next Generation and as well as the movies. Well, he's retired at this point, correct? Yeah, he, he's been retired now for 15 years at the start of the series. And, but it's just things about him. He's just like he's, he's too laid back. He's more Patrick Stewart now than uh, John Luke Picard, in my opinion. Which isn't so quite, it's kind of like a, a Luke thing, Skywalker but. sort of thing where it's like how he is now in his old age is nothing like he was in his prime. Uh, to a certain degree. I mean, there's some aspects of him that are like, yeah, that's Picard there, the way he acts and does this or that. But for, uh, for some other things, it just he fa- seems more laid back than the character has in uh, previous uh, renditions of him. Does he drink any blue milk? No. It, okay, it, it's not Star Wars. Not nothing it's, from another. That's but then again, there, there's a ton of action in it too. It, again, I, I've been binging uh, The Next Generation and everything about it is like how peaceful the world is now and how we don't uh, immediately go to violence or betray each other or do this or do that. And most of uh, the story in this one is about uh, betraying each other and all this violence and all this other stuff. It's like Star, Star Trek is no longer really Star Trek. So it's like Demolition Man. What? How did you get Demolition Man from that? Because you were saying it's a world that's completely at peace and it's not as violent or anything, and then all of a sudden all this violence happens. That's no, essentially no, no, no. what happens with Demolition no, Man. No, that's not Demolition the Man. Is at was, peace, then, then, no, uh, no, no, no. Demolition Man. Wesley Snipes comes up and blows up. No, everything. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like Demolition Man was it was a peaceful world and then they released two people who made it less peaceful. That's not they the case. They released with this. one person and then someone else released the other person. Don't yes. think it was you know Either way, it's not Demolition Man. <laughs> It's very far away from Demolition Man. Look, we're living in a world now where we don't have much toilet paper, so we're probably going to have to start with the three shells. All right? It's coming to that point. <laughs> it, it is. It, there's a few things in that movie that probably... Uh, right. They don't do physical the sex. But they, don't do hand, they don't do high fives. They do little hand waves. And we think, are in Demolition Man now. Uh, we're, we're, we're close to it. Uh, the other but thing now, I'll as say, far as the rest of Picard, like... It's weird because you also have characters that weren't necessarily from like his generation per se, right? Yes, and that's the thing too. He Patrick Stewart is 79 years old. Apparently in the show Picard is like in his 90s. That's how they're they're portraying that. The age as well. Yes. Oh, uh, I'm not going to give a spoiler, but the the ending was weird and unnecessary and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Um but yeah, the the rest of the crew, it's it's almost a completely new cast. It's not people he had previously seen, except for Seven and Nine, who is apparently going to be a regular now. And I, I don't know much about Seven or Nine. I never really watched Voyager, but uh, she. Oh, fit she was well. the only reason to watch Voyager. Trust me. You, you know, and it's sad. I looking up a little more information on her. I didn't realize she didn't come in till season four of Voyager. And I just remember all the promotionals I ever saw for Voyager involved her. It's like, how big of a character did she become that e- even four seasons later, she became like the main attraction of that show. Well, her and the doctor were pretty much at that point, the crux of the show. Forget Janeway, forget the, the rest of the crew. Uh, forget even the people that were made important, uh, like um, Ensign Paris uh, from the opening of the first episode. I'm going to be honest; it makes me not want to watch Voyager. It's like I don't want to go through three seasons. Trust me, a lot of people I get to seven or nine. They only start watching Voyager because they had a sexy blonde alien, Borg. a Borg, um, and that was the whole crux of it. Like she was just a Borg who was learning about human. It's kind of it was kind of like a new version of uh spock and mccoy on voyager that's essentially how it worked with the the doctor who was just really known as the doctor uh the hologram played by uh, Mm -hmm. robert picardo and the way that he would kind of like introduce humanity to her when he himself isn't even human it it was kind of kind of like you know mccoy trying to get spark spock to you know open up and be more human and learn about feelings and everything. Whereas McCoy himself, he wasn't exactly the warmest, cuddliest teddy bear on the whole damn ship. So I, I get the popularity of the, the two and more so of the character because the, that's almost how Star Trek has gone ahead with their castings since. It seems like ever since Voyager, it's now that every time you have an Enterprise or anytime you have a show you have to have a sexy female alien on the crew. And I think it started there. I, you know, maybe this is a reason why I never really watched Star. I don't know. It's Star Trek was always kind of weird to me. And so many people were talking so highly of uh, some of the series that that's why I got into it. But I feel like I'm not going to like other versions of the show. Um, but, you know, speaking of uh seven and nine, her character from Voyager, where you're saying she's more kind of that, I guess you're trying to say like she's kind of that data slash Spock type character. That is not her in this show. She is like a badass bounty hunter 
that you don't screw with. Like <laughs> she, she learned humanity. Well, yes. Yes. <laughs> like they, they, she's got very human traits at this point, like and hard drinker and all that stuff. It's like totally different character than what she had in the past. Well, I mean, by the sound of everything, I'm sure very few of the characters are kind of how they were in the past. And I think this is just a way of them trying to utilize nostalgia for this franchise except and Riker, try to build is, it back up. Except Riker, who only had two episodes, but he's totally the same character he was in, uh, in uh, the other Star Treks. Yeah, but Jonathan Franks is kind of like... He's always him regardless of what he plays. I mean, you compare what he was to on Star Trek The Next Generation to like his character of Xanatos on Gargoyles, with the exception of the evil demeanor, essentially the same guy. Yeah. And even when I used to watch him on that uh, Beyond Belief Fact of Fiction <laughs> when he hosted... Yeah. And he would just introduce everything. He introduced it. It sounded like number one was talking to me. Yeah, did, did you ever see that uh, video compilation of uh, all his introductions from uh, yes. Believe It or Not? Yes. I have seen that. It's hilarious. But uh, He's a great host. He should but, do more. But again, uh, Picard's definitely not bad, but it's not the next generation. Uh, some of it, it, It's not all about Picard. There seem to be... Uh, more between the characters uh, Soji and uh, I believe Narek. Yeah. The, the, they, they seem to be like more of the stars at certain points of the show than even Picard was. But it's just, it, I guess you gotta watch it for yourself. Also the editing. I'm just, you know, like you, you're an actor, so you kind of talk about the actors. I'm a filmmaker, so I'll talk about the production value. The editing is freaking all over the place. It's like they'll shoot a scene and they'll shoot a different scene and then they'll edit them together. So you're jumping from scene to scene within the same section of the show. And it's like, what the hell is going on right now? I don't know what this yeah, is. I'm not sure if maybe they're you. And uh, I lost you again. All good. Oh, wait, I got you now. I got you now. I got you now. See, that's, a, that's the benefit. You've got the little television screen behind you where I can tell whether or not it's moving. <laughs> So I don't well, know you, if, like if I don't see you moving at all, I'm figuring you're frozen. Yeah, you, you think you lost me. I think I lost you. We lost each other, and I think <laughs> we also lost where we were going with Picard. Yeah, what, what was that last uh, comment we were talking about there? I'm not even completely certain. Um, I think I was trying to draw the comparison because I wasn't sure of the show that they have on CBS All Access, that Star Trek one, um, that or like origin show or whatever it is but I'm not sure if maybe that's had something to do with how they approached Picard or not. If it's in the same realm, same editing, same film production. Cause I mean, for two Star Trek series to just pop up out of like thin air, especially when the movies themselves haven't been as successful as they should have been. And there was talk of a fourth movie and they've cut that completely. Yeah. It's, it's like it's uh the uh, franchise isn't doing as well anymore. And I think a mixture of that from my understanding is uh, sort of like any other franchise who doesn't do good when they make it into a different genre. Uh, Star Trek was never supposed to be Star Wars. And I think in the last decade, a little over the last decade, they've tried to make Star Trek more like Star Wars with the flashy action. And 
it I don't think I think it's turning away other fans while new fans aren't really pouring in. And the only thing that is faithful to Star Trek, as we've discussed in the past, is the Orville. Yes. Which is taking forever and a day for the third season to come out. And there's another example of uh, comedy meets sci-fi. It's, it's not the same humor I, I think a lot of people were expecting of it. And it, it just ended up like another Star Trek without actually being Star Trek. It, it's, a, it's a Star Trek, the next generation, that knows how to poke fun at its characters. Because let's face it, if you look at Star Trek, the next generation, you could have easily made jokes about Worf or Data, or there could have easily been some jabs with uh, Deanna Troy and her family, especially her mom, who was pretty much a slut. <laughs> There were things you could have done, but because the show had such respect and reverence for the franchise, it didn't go down those routes. Orville goes down those routes. Yes. More than once. Well, from the mind to Seth Green, he uh, he doesn't have many boundaries. McFarlane, Seth McFarlane. Oh, I said Seth Green. Too many Seths out there. From from the actor behind Idle Hands comes the Orville. (laughs) Oh, wait, Seth MacFarlane made Idle Hands? No, Seth Green was in Idle Hands. Oh, uh, again, I don't know. Never mind. Moving on. We, we, we got to get our Seth. We, we got Seth Rogen, Seth Green, Seth MacFarlane. Seth Rollins. Uh, we can do without Seth Rollins. He, 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 he may be an architect, but he doesn't build anything. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but that that's just to summarize it with the that's that's my take on Star Star Trek Picard. And now that I've seen every season, I can now cancel my CBS All Access. Oh, so you don't even want to go ahead and check out the other Star Wars or Star Trek show? I don't. I'm not overly interested in checking it out. I just, uh, I'll, I'm again. Uh, when it came out, it came out the same time as Orville, and every every Star Trek fan was like, "I'm gonna watch Orville." The Discovery is weird. I don't know if I really want to see it. I'm not overly interested, to be honest. Wow. But then in that case, you're definitely not interested in like a second season of Picard if and when they actually decide to make one. I kind of am. It's, I kind of want to see where it goes, but again, it, it ended on a weird, really weird note too. I don't know. It's going to be one of those, we'll wait and see. So is it going to be one of those things kind of like with the WWE network? Well, you sign up for the show and then you'll cancel before they actually charge you again. But then maybe if something else comes along the line next year or so, you may sign up again. Yes, exactly that. In fact, uh, you just reminded me, uh, I I don't know who keeps the WWE network past WrestleMania. I've actually had my account uh, since, since they came out, I've had my account active for five years. I think I'm finally going to cancel it after WrestleMania. I don't think there's anything else I want to see on the WWE network. Wow. I don't Man, know. For it, someone it who helps like host finding a, money all over. For someone who helps host a wrestling or uh, uh, an entertainment podcast, I really don't care for a lot of this entertainment out there. <laughs> yeah, you're the conscientious objector, I yes. think to a lot of these things. Which it's good, you know, I think on a show like this you should have like, you know, you shouldn't necessarily have people that think very similarly similar similar yes <laughs> the same because you're gonna have to have some basis for interaction for back and forth so i mean 
the fact that I am begrudgingly confused and in awe of how much you haven't watched, that helps regardless <laughs> of whether or not you want to think like that. I'll tell you what, though, for uh, for anyone out there who wants me to watch something specific to get my to see what my opinion of it is, suggested to me, and I'll make time and I'll watch it. Uh, you can make your suggestions on Twitter at uh, hashtag JTBigO. And uh, we also, of course, got the Facebook and the YouTube. And uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> well, for um, fan interaction, yeah. You can't really yes. do a lot on Podbean. No, not so much. Not so, you can, I think you can comment on there. I got to check that out. But uh, <laughs> you can see how far along we are with our yeah. <laughs> systems. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I haven't even... It's funny. I haven't been watching as I've been home for three weeks and I've seen next generation. I, I've said it at the beginning of the episode, I've only seen yeah, like you've, four you've pretty things. much just been focusing on that. I, I will say if it, I'll, I'll give some uh, lame entertainment out there. Uh, maybe not lame, but not something that I think most people get into. I've been watching a documentary series on. Please Dr. not the Who. one about the, the tigers. Don't no, say no, not that one. Okay. Though, you know, in fairness, so many people have talked about it now. I like. I feel I have to watch that at some point. I, no, I've come no, close I to refuse. Down I, I am never going to watch that. I have no passion to watch it. It's not a subject matter really? that would entertain me. Now I feel I have to watch it. The memes alone uh, are annoying. It's 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 just one of those shows that happen to come along at the right time. It could have been any show, but because we're all stuck inside, it's the one that's gained the popularity. Do you really think it's that? You don't think it has anything to do with like uh, just how batshit crazy that show is? I've seen other things with batshit crazy people, and they've never gained this kind of traction. You know, it, it's it's just a perfect storm as far as entertainment timeline goes. I, I think back to a movie, and this one hits a little close to home because I am an alum of West Virginia. And I think about the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia, which is a documentary uh, about one of the most notorious hillbilly meth addict families in the entire state. And of course they're in Boone County, which Boone, Boone County in West Virginia is essentially Camden County here. If that gives you any kind of idea. Yeah, that's, that'd be pretty bad. Yeah, and so you have like these drug-addled, country-fried sort of people that are just, they're notoriously infamous. And I feel like these people are of more entertainment value than this stupid Joe Exotic and his tigers (laughs) and everyone dressing, talking like, you know, Carol killed her husband. It's like, the show has actually opened up the case of the husband's death again because of this you know what it's got to teach people if you've gotten away with a crime don't do a documentary talking about it every Uh, time they do they reopen the case yeah isn't this what happened to r kelly like they didn't didn't touch him and he did a documentary like maybe we should check if he actually is a pedophile even the whole making a murderer thing you know that reopened cases i mean just look don't commit crime because chances are if you commit a bad enough crime, there's going to be a TV series about it and it's just going to make you worse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost hope that, well, no, I, I don't want to necessarily say this, but 
there's a part of me that would almost hope that maybe somewhere down the line there's a movie or a documentary about what happened to me at the beginning of March that opens up a whole bag of worms about whatever criminal collusions these three people may have gone through and maybe other people get busted. Like I said, Dia, uh, is a terrible experience, but you definitely got a story on your hand there. It is a movie, yes. Even if it's a lifetime movie, I don't care. The only question is, who would play me? That's what would mess me up. (laughs) And I feel like... Who you got in mind? uh, Well, on the one hand, there's Jonah Hill. And I'm saying, like, there were people that used to say I looked like Jonah Hill back when he was fatter. Which I never took as much of a compliment. I don't think you ever looked like Jonah Hill from the time I've known you. I mean... If, if, if I really got up close to the screen. No. No, no, it doesn't. Really. But still, probably Jonah Hill more so than Brad Pitt. But the other person, and I hate to say this, but I know this would probably be who they go with. The actor that played Richard Jewell in uh, the movie Richard Jewell last year. I, I don't, I've never heard of Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell, the security guard from the 96 Olympics, the one who discovered the bomb and then they like chastise him thinking that he planted it. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm I'm, sorry. That's not even a movie. That was just news. And you don't know what that is. I don't remember it. Um, I mean, I listened to a lot of news in the last decade, but it's not ringing a bell. Oh, mercy. Shows you how much it was really covered, I guess. Uh, enough for Clint Eastwood to want to make a movie about it. Uh, so hold on. Richard Jewel with two L's. Paul Walter Hauser. That's who the guy is. Um, other things you may have seen him in. You may have seen him in Black Klansman. Uh, you would have seen him in uh, I, Tonya as the uh, fat friend of uh, uh, Tanya's ex. Uh, what, the one what that actually uh, used the, I don't know. Uh, he was Sean in that movie, yes. Um, he's also been in Cobra Kai as Raymond. Okay, I think I know who that is then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he's been getting a lot of traction lately, and good find him, because he's actually a very decent actor. But he's also the kind of actor that you put up against attractive actors to make them look more attractive. And I feel like that's the guy they would get for me. Uh, so you'll probably get Denzel as, like, the criminal, but you'll put him up against Walter Hauser. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I don't know either. It's it, it's a sad state of things, but that's how Hollywood works. And not again, not nothing against Paul Walter Hauser. I would certainly not mind working uh, against the guy. He's actually younger than me. Shit, that's even worse. Yeah, he he, he I I remember from Cobra Kai. He he was he's in his early thirties, right, or late twenties, early thirties. Uh, born in '86, so he's four oh, yeah, so years he, younger than me. So he's thirty-three. Thirty-three, <sighs> going on thirty-four. 
Because uh, I'm 34 going on 35. Yeah. Uh, yeah, time flies. And then we die. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, I'm going to give Ryan a second here. <laughs> uh, while, while Ryan is reflecting on his life, uh, I just want to go back and mention this thing that I was watching. It was uh, reviews of Doctor Who, but they were very well done. Uh, almost hour-long episodes. You can catch them all on YouTube for free. Uh, they're created by uh, Clever Dick Films, so look up Clever Dick Films. And uh, and uh, I don't know. They, they've just been really good. He's up to uh, part 10 right now, which is the start of the new series, uh, episode 9. And uh, yeah, I'm not getting any money from him. I just really like what he's done. Now I'm just pausing because Ryan, uh, I lost him again, and I'm going to wait for him to come back. <laughs> oh no, I didn't lose him. He's just crying. <laughs> oh, I used to be young once. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, do we, do we have anything else God. on the agenda for today? I'm noticing the gray hair in my beard now just because I've let it grow out so long. I... <laughs> I, I don't have any words of comfort for you, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay okay well, let me slap out of it anything else uh to talk about for this episode yes i'm about to invest in hair dye because <laughs> i can't pull oh, yeah. off the uh you know shaven head thing like you can so well i don't have a choice Let, let's put it this way you have gray hair but you have hair like i wish i had as much hair as you did no one else in my family is bald. I'm bald. I'm, I was the lucky one. <laughs> Might be a stress thing. I don't know. But <laughs> at, at least if I, I think if a guy goes ahead and shaves his head bald, his age instantly kind of goes out the window because then he's just like perpetually in like a certain state. Yeah, uh, I'm not trying to go back to Picard at this point. I'm kind of done talking about that show. But <laughs> talking about Patrick Stewart in general, uh, Yes, for him, like, you know, he's been bald since uh, he, he uh, came onto our TV screens in 1987. Probably even and, before that. And it's really helped keep him kind of young. Granted, now, you once you reach like 79, you can start seeing it more in the face. But he did kind of keep his youth for a lot longer than he would have otherwise, I think. Right. Another case, uh, look at someone like uh, Jason Statham. You know, that's Jason a guy Statham. that he almost Actually, looks older when the hair starts to grow in a little bit. And, uh, and actually a really good case of this is, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, who is, I think in his seventies now, and he, he does not look it at all. Yeah. You, you look at something like, uh, Captain Marvel where they had to put hair on him mm -hmm. and it looks it, worse. It didn't work for his age. Like whatever de-aging they had for him, it didn't work. If they had kept them bald, maybe it would have been better. But the man you put like that little, tuft on top it didn't help matters should we touch on that real quick it looks like uh they have now officially moved back all their dates for the marvel movies so uh captain marvel 2 is now not going to be until i believe november 2021 yeah a lot of stuff's been pushed back to 2021 and 2022 uh oh, that's right it's actually Black 2022 Widow. it's actually going to be coming out yeah 
Yeah, with Black Widow uh, not being released until November of this year now. And so I thought they were going to release it on Disney+. Plus. Are they still planning on that, or are they just releasing in theaters in November? I think there's still probably a debate. Because, um, I mean, again, it's still the kickoff to the fourth phase of the MCU to go ahead and put it on streaming to begin with. I think they're starting to see how things are going with movies that are just being released online. And even with the rentals of stuff that were in theaters that are now available, you're not seeing that much of an uptick, especially when you consider how much those things are being asked for in rental purposes. Because all those movies, whether it be Bloodshot, The Way Back, uh, Onward, before it got on Disney+, Plus, The Hunt, Emma, they're all going for practically like 20 bucks a pop for like a three or four day rental. Right, and I don't think anyone really wants to pay $20 to watch something at home unless they can keep it. Um, well... And not to mention a lot it's of those. It's one of those things where it's so, gonna be like so. if you can watch it with the family. That's where the really value comes in. If it's gonna be a like a two or more watching. And right. and in this generation, there's so much more entertainment. You don't really need to buy a twenty dollar movie to do that. You just need your uh a Netflix account or a Disney account or a Hulu account. Yeah, but it's a matter of like how much money they're gonna actually make back if they were to just simply release it release it only on Disney plus uh, I think the real test is going to come when you have things like trolls world tour that were supposed to be released in theaters and you're going to get just a streaming release on it. Once you actually start hearing the reports on how that's doing lucratively, that will probably be the determining factor as to whether or not black widow hits theaters at all, right. or if it stays simply streaming. And remember, when it comes to that, you're you're not really fighting for that one ticket. You're fighting for an entire service. So you can't really tell, like, is the reason the uptick in the service because we released this or is the uptick in the service just because the other stuff that we have available? Right. So you never know. Yeah, it's going to be funny um, um, analytically. But to be honest, I don't know if I'd want to watch Black Widow simply on my television i feel like a movie of that caliber a movie with that kind of action uh, a movie with that character who i've watched on screen every time i've seen her i want to see it in theaters and i don't want to necessarily just have it relegated to my television screen now mind you Stuff like the the streaming shows that they're going to have, like Winter Sol- Falcon and Winter Soldier or WandaVision and stuff like that. Those, those are fine for what they're going to do with them. But someone like Black Widow, someone who's been there practically since the beginning, uh, since all the way in Iron Man 2, I want, her to, I want to see her big screen solo venture on the big screen. It's, it's almost warranted for how much time Scarlett Johansson has put into this character. And I'm kind of on it. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been a big Black Widow fan. Or, or Scarlett, and I, I don't know. It's just me. I haven't been overly interested. I'll probably go see it nonetheless, but... Well, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. I have to ask. Yeah? Considering your history of what you've watched and what you haven't, uh-huh. have you watched basically all the movies of the MCU. Uh, I don't believe I missed any. 
So I believe I have seen all of them. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 That that's good. Now. Oh, Iron Man three. I didn't see Iron Man three. That's it. I don't think it matters for okay, what no, point no, you're no, trying that, to make, that, but still. No, that that's an outlier. That's fine. Now, as far as the Black Widow character has been portrayed in the films, have you garnered any respect for the character? Because, I mean, I would say I have more respect for the character now having seen her in the films than I ever probably did while she was just a comic book character. Because in the comic book, she really just seemed like the buxom, red-headed spy that would flip-flop more than the big show would. I feel her and Hawkeye were always sort of like second in the background type characters compared to the rest of the cast. But they always and, worked well as a team too. But yeah, I, I, I can't explain to you my feelings over then than that. Uh, they never really did much for me. Uh, both in both those performances, it seems like they were second thoughts and it showed in my opinion. Uh, I mean, it's going to come out. There's some interesting things about the movie I would be interested in seeing, but is it a something that I feel I need to go out of my way for? I hate to say it, but no. But that's just me. I, I know I'm not, I'm, I'm not every Marvel fan. True, true, understandable. I mean, I shouldn't say that whatever you decide reflects upon the entirety of the fandom as a whole, but... If you were going to see it and you see that it's an action movie, a lot of good action sets, you wouldn't prefer that in, say, like an IMAX or a Dolby theater as opposed to just your television at home? No, I I probably prefer to see it in theaters. I see I prefer to see any type of action film, especially a Marvel film in theaters, because I think it'll be better there. I'm not arguing that uh, what Disney is deciding is is a bad idea. It's just surprised because i thought they were going to go that direction i could see disney going in that direction maybe with other things but i don't think they should start doing that sort of stuff with such an established character like well no i that's i don't think that's i felt like your argument there was more uh the type of film needs to be seen in theaters not that that character needs to be seen in theaters well is that what your argument is because this is I mean, unfortunately, it's not Marvel's first female-led superhero film. Captain Marvel took care of that. But to probably get the most out of Natasha Romanov as you could possibly get in a movie between the action and the character development that we never really got in many of the other movies, it just feels like this is something that shouldn't be given to a lesser or second tier rollout. Like it deserves the full experience like any other Marvel movie has gotten. Now, would I necessarily say the same thing about something like Shang-Chi when that movie is supposed to roll out? I don't know because Shang-Chi is not as well known a character and Shang-Chi is going to be definitely an action movie but much in the same regard as like most other action scenes that we've seen marvel wise like i think it's going to be probably on par with daredevil yeah which uh, that that scares me a little bit i'm I'm a little worried that because he's a lesser known character he might uh he might not do as well 
Yeah, he, he it, feels like a character that a few years ago. He feels like a character that he would have done a lot better a few years ago as a Netflix series instead of a, a full blown movie. Well, considering how much they worked with the hand, you really could have thrown him in there with uh, Iron Fist and the rest of them. He would have made a nice addition to. Uh, he, they the probably overall. didn't have the rights to him in Netflix, and that's why they didn't use him. Mm, that's true. Yeah, that's that's the qualm of it. That's why you got white man Iron Fist with the bad action scenes. Yeah, that was like, hey, we got this really great actor. Oh, can he do action? No. <laughs> can you train him to do action? No. <laughs> it, it's, uh, even in fact, I, I do like, uh, I liked uh, Luke Cage. And I remember there was an episode where, and I apologize, I don't remember the actor's name, but uh, he was in the episode where they're doing a whole bunch of martial arts. And uh, Luke Cage was doing much better than uh, the master of martial arts. Yeah. Like, I don't. I remember watching that first season. I'm like, this, this is bad choreography. Yeah, it's actually the only uh, Netflix series I didn't see at all. Uh, I, I, I saw that catch up on others though. I'm I'm behind on Jessica Jones though. It felt like season two didn't have much fanfare, so it, 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 well, I didn't find a big appeal to go watch it. Well, season two of which show? Uh, Jessica Jones. Season two of Jessica Jones was definitely the outlier in the three seasons that it had, but that's because it focused more on Jessica's past and her history and her mother, had, which Jessica her mother was never seasons. really a big factor. Didn't Jessica only have two seasons? No, it had three. It had three. I didn't. I only thought I had two. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That in fact, the final season of Jessica Jones was the last Netflix Marvel season produced. So huh. when season three of Jessica Jones ended, that was it for the universe. <laughs> okay. I uh, know it's, it, it's a weird mark to head off of because what Iron Fist got the two seasons dead. Uh, the Daredevil got three seasons. Punisher got the two seasons and um, Luke Cage. Got, did Luke Cage get three seasons? No, it only got two. No, only it, two. Only two. It, it, which ticked me off because it ended on a cliffhanger, which I was interested in seeing a season they three They do kind of rectify that cliffhanger in the third season of Jessica Jones, just so you know. Really? Uh, they, okay. they do. A little bit. Not, not a lot. But you're given a little bit of closure in that. Okay. Yeah. I know, uh, I know. It's, it's underwhelming, but... It's something to look forward to. At least they're talking about. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I keep hearing the the uh, actor who played Daredevil is going to show up in the next Spider-Man film. Charlie Cox as Peter Parker's uh, lawyer. They they're basing that off of the goddamn animated series. All right, I know exactly yeah. where they're getting that from. In which uh, Peter Parker has money left to him by Tony Stark, so he probably will have lawyers, so he doesn't need uh, a free one in uh, in. Uh, Matt Murdock. Yeah. Plus the Kingpin's not going to be involved or anything. It's one of those things. You know what I would like to see from Spider-Man 3 since we're jumping around? Mm -hmm. I want to see Doc Ock in Spider-Man 3. Because here's the thing. Now, as far as the villains that we've gotten... We've gotten Vulture, we've gotten Mysterio, we've gotten a lot of science-based villains, technological-based villains. 
I'd say for the third one, you get maybe a disgruntled professor who has not necessarily had the best run of luck and becomes like a criminal underlord while everyone was blipped out of existence and Tony was gone, whether self-exiled or died. And I want to see Doc Ock rise. I don't want another Norman Osborn businessman elitist. I want a scientist who's gone through some fucked up shit while everything's been gone and everything's been turned upside down. And I want to see another Doc Ock Spider-Man fight. Because let's face it, as far as the previous Spider-Mans are concerned, Spider-Man 2 without Alfred Molina was probably the best. Uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, I kind of want, I haven't been thinking about villains. I just, I, what I want to see is a, uh, a live action Spider-Verse deal where you somehow bring back, uh, Andrew Garfield and, uh, Tobey Maguire as other versions of Spider-Man. That's kind of what I want to see. If there was like another Doc Ock and all of a sudden Tobey Maguire is coming in it's like, wow, you're, you're worse than mine. You know, it's like, (laughs) just kind of play into it in that sense. Uh, I get. I don't know. It's something I gotta give some thought to. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure what I want in the next Spider-Man. I, I felt let, lukewarm uh, over the last two of them. Also, I don't want them any of them to say home in the title anymore. No more homecoming. No more far away from home. Unless this one's called Stay at Home, and it's just Spider-Man <laughs> hiding from the coronavirus. Uh, Honestly, I thought it was gonna be called Homeless since he's on the run. <laughs> Oh God! No, don't use the title "Home" anymore. I, I've hated the last few titles. No, but this is on my mind because uh, the nostalgia critic. Uh, he oh yeah, did his whole anymore. Spider Month. Actually, I take it back. I watched his last review, but uh, you know what? It's I, I got some opinions there, but I'll leave that for another time. I think it's we unfortunately we got to start wrapping it up. Oh yeah, what uh, time is it? Uh, oh God! Uh, All right. It's a uh, beer o'clock. Yes. Yeah, it's time to start the the daily tradition of having alcohol in my system because of everything that's going on. <laughs> All right. So to wrap things up, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking about WrestleMania 36 uh, next uh, part night two next week. They're calling it part two. I'm calling it night two because I think night two sounds better. But uh, we'll talk about any other subject that pops up uh, during the next week. But if any of you, ladies and gentlemen, would like to offer any suggestions, again, go on Twitter. Use the hashtag JTBigO, no spaces, and uh, and just leave some uh, thoughts for uh, for us, and we'll uh, we'll explore them. Um, any final thoughts there, uh, Big O? <laughs> uh, it's nice that you, um, I'm referred to as such. Yes. Um, well. I mean, obviously, like you said, if anyone wants to go ahead and touch on anything, primarily in the entertainment field, uh, we should preface that so this way we stay away from any of the politics and news and drama and all that other stuff, but anything, movie, television, uh, theater, uh, music, video games, comic books, anything within our wheelhouse, if you want to go ahead and just venture the question, uh, we will certainly go ahead to note the time to it. 
uh, who knows, maybe next episode, uh, JT will finally enact his uh, What You're Not Watching on Netflix series that he's talked about. Eventually. We'll They've actually done a lot better at promoting stuff recently, especially with their top 10. So it feels like they really do get stuff out now. And, yes, uh, they, they've gotten better, and certainly Hulu has always had good promotions for its stuff. Uh, Amazon Prime, maybe not as much, uh, with the exception of like Hunters recently. And I feel like they finally realized what a hit uh, uh, Altered Carbon was, because that was my biggest argument, was they made this really great show, and then it was just like something you had to find. But now they, they not only came out with another season with uh, some name actors, they also created a cartoon series, which eventually I'm going to watch and I'll talk about that at some point as well. Which, of course, Amazon Prime has also started up its own um, your mind in the body of a computer sort of mentality with Upload, which is going to view a little bit more comedically. It's going to probably feel more like Altered Carbon mixed with The Good Place by the looks of it. Um, well, I guess so if something- anything, I'm going to see if I can watch that. And see if I can have a review of that or Hunters because I really want to watch Hunters because it's Pacino. I, I want to see Pacino in something where there's like people being shot. That's not going to take three hours out of my <laughs> life with a bunch of dialogue. And his name's not Jimmy Hoffa. Yes. Um, so yeah, we there's definitely some stuff for us to check out and some ideas we probably already have. But again, if you have any suggestions, feel free to throw them out at us. Uh, I am as always uh, JT. Cool, JT McGuire, JT, whatever other names I've used in the past, Video Geek JT. JT, uh, y'all. You can uh, catch, uh, you can find me at uh, videogeekjt.com and uh, Ryan Big O'Regan over here. You can catch him as well. And I love it. I actually, one thing I love about having a computer in front of me, I can put all the information in front of me so I don't forget stuff. You can catch uh, Ryan online, uh, Twitter and Instagram. He is at uh, Real Ordeal. That is R E E L O R D E A L. Actually, and that is also you for uh, Facebook as well. Well, for Real Ordeal Entertainment, because I, I see in the the address bar it does say uh, Real Ordeal. I don't know yeah. why I'm flubbing over that. <laughs> uh, you get used to it after a while. I mean. Mind you, it originally just stemmed from uh, Ryan O Entertainment, and I'm like, well, let, let me see if I can be creative. And I take the spirit of Kevin Smith with me every time I say real or deal, just like he would say viewer skew. <laughs> uh, I don't know. My brain is fried. That's what, anyway. <laughs> that, that's a good thing. That means we've uh, exhausted everything. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us. Uh, catch us again next week. Uh, same uh, JT Big O time, same JT Big O channels. Uh, with that said, I bid you all adieu. Bye-bye. <laughs>